0: On today's episode, we are talking about embracing the fact that sometimes you're going to be the outcast, looking at different challenges and conquering them and building confidence in your decision to do or not do. So if you like the show, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We hope that it resonates with you today and gives you confidence as you go into this weekend.
1: Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning. Morning. You never know when it is over. Over. All that I know is. Hello, hello. It is Friday. Welcome back to the Food Code. I am Becca here with Liz. Did you ever know that you like, did you, no, random thought? My so my mom mentioned like I, if I was not gonna be Rebecca, I was gonna be Rachel. Mm. Did you ever know of any other names that your parents were going to name you? Um,
0: Well, first they were going to name me Suzanne and which I forever think my mother, Mm. because I could just see like Susie Q, Susie, you know, Uh and it's so funny because our old uh, hairdresser growing up, her name was Suzanne and we loved her and adored her. But here's the thing, guys. So my name is not spelled with a Z. So I should be Lisa. My name is spelled with an S. Yeah. E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H. Yep. Yep. Lisa would make more sense. It would. Now, if you call my dad and when I was 13 years old, right, you would call the house and you would ask for Liz. He would tell you that Liz didn't live there. He hated it. My sisters, my sister Julie finally just came around to calling me Liz. She always calls me Elizabeth. I think I'm still in her phone as Elizabeth though. But yeah, she like doesn't call
1: me Liz. Um, So yeah. Becky? No, don't even. Nick. (laughs) Nick calls me Reba that's his <laughs> Becky and Reba if he wants to piss me off um yeah no thank you Becca and the thing is that I have like a, obviously a little bit of a Chicago accent and so I have had many people that are like Baca and I'm like Becca <laughs> do you know anyone named Baca I'm sorry <laughs> Chewbacca Chewbacca, Chewbacca. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I am. back. You would definitely be the outcast if your name was Baca. Right. So that's what we're talking about today, friends, is we're talking about <laughs> embrace being the outcast because that's where all the fun is. So I think, you know, in the world that we live in today, if you are doing
0: anything to better yourself, it's almost like you're going against the grain. Like if you are reading books instead of watching TV, you're weird if you are sewing or knitting instead of getting wasted on Friday night, like Hmm? your home body or, you know, whatever. Um, If you're not drinking at a party, it's like millions of questions. Are you pregnant? Why aren't you drinking? Oh, just come on, have some, you know, whatever. If you don't want to eat mounds and mounds of artificial foods that have been genetically modified and go home with a stomach ache feeling like you want to throw up and then just pass out and wake up the next morning with joint pain and brain fog and hating your life because your pants don't fit. You're weird. Something's wrong with you. And it gets me a little fired up because I think first and foremost, everybody should know the world we live in today, your body, your choice, Mm -hmm. right? Why do we have to question someone's choice to be healthy, to not drink alcohol all the time or to get up early and take care of themselves and to meditate and to do deep breathing and to walk in nature and to drink water. Why do we have to
1: question that so much? I don't think that we should. Mm -mm. No, it's and this is the one thing that I think is the struggle for a lot of people is when you are first making these changes, you lack the confidence around the changes you don't, you maybe don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. You maybe haven't seen the results that you want to see yet from the work that you're putting in. Um, and those can be deterrents. I, I completely understand those can be deterrents. Um, but that is why we, I think it's so important to work with someone that can help you understand the why behind what you're doing, that can help you build the confidence around the aspects of changes that you're trying to put in place. Because um, I, I know that for me, when I wasn't sure, I was much less confident. And the one thing that changed was like, I started going with my gut. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to Ted Lasso, if you, I love Ted Lasso. He talks about, like he has a quote that's basically like, you know, if you're not sure, think about it but check in with your heart and your gut on the way down and you'll probably pick the right decision basically. And yeah. so like I when I was trying to please everyone and I was trying to be someone that other people liked even though I didn't like myself. I think a lot of people are in that place. Um I was really unhappy cuz you want to fit in. You wanted right? to fit in. You wanted people to like you because people you didn't please. like you. And in that place in my life I can look back on now and be like wow. Like I was I was so miserable with my life, just trying to please other people and trying to fit in. And now that I am proudly who I want to be, life is so much happier. Mm-hmm. I I do what I want. I don't ask for forgiveness or permission. I, you know, go to family outings with no intention of drinking or I bring my own. Like we had a party or like basically a weekend long party with my in-laws and um, my sister-in-law was in town from Arkansas, and we had a baptism for a kid. And basically, from Friday afternoon until Sunday evening, I was over there, and there was lots of drinking. There was pizza. There was fried chicken. There was no healthy options really. Um, and I brought my food for every meal, and no one made a comment. Thank goodness. Probably because they know by now. They know me. Um, I have created that stigma. I have, <laughs> but. I also look on and see some people, you know, that are really drunk and, you know, then hung over the next day or making decisions or getting in fights or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, and and I, I become much happier with my decision. And one thing, it's never easy. Like it, I, it never gets easier. But what I find to be all worth it is when I wake up on Sunday morning or Monday morning and I'm like, I don't feel horrible. I'm so proud of the decisions and the discipline and the grit that I had this weekend. And if people want to talk to me about what I'm doing, I'm more than happy to talk to them about what I'm doing. And I love now being that person. I love being the person that goes against the grain because you know what? I don't want to be part of the grain. I don't want to be part of the world. That's unhealthy. that basically does whatever they want, has completely doled out dopamine They have no true joy in life anymore other than external sources of alcohol, food, parties, you know, drugs, whatever it might be. And so what I tell people and clients that are struggling with this, I ask, if you were to remove everyone else from the equation, if you were to put yourself in isolation, what do you want? If all of the parties and the drinking and all of the friends that go with it we're no longer there. What do you want for yourself?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's been an ebb and flow over the years, right, of figuring out what works for me in terms of balance, um, when I want to have drinks, when I don't want to have drinks. And what I've recently found and really thought a lot about after reading a couple of different books, including The Naked Mind, but also just hearing some other people that I follow in the space that are also you know, in the work that we do, the biggest things that that resonates with me is I like my life. I like who I am. I like our business. I'm happy. I have a very good marriage. I love my frustrating toddler. You know, I like my life. Me too. So why do I need to like previously it would be an escape Mm -hmm. for sure. Like very transparently, like an escape. I I remember when we had our gym Saturdays at noon, Mm. pop the champagne bottle baby we don't have to be up at four o'clock in the morning tomorrow you know um and that was also it wasn't the people or anything like that it was the grind and um you know my husband having to be there early in the morning late nights and just whatever it wasn't that we didn't like our life at that time it wasn't what we wanted to be doing long term and now we're building that and so for me i would much rather it's more important to me to wake up to feel refreshed to have some time if i get it um, you know, in the morning, marketers will freaking sleep, um, to have some time to myself because that's when I'm most creative. That's when I do my most creative work in terms of thinking about content. I want to create things we want to improve for the business. Um, you know, even just studying and soaking in and absorbing information. You get me after noon, I'm pretty much like dead. My brain's been on fire all morning. Right. And we've gone on calls all day long or like today we've podcasted all day long there's really not much energy left in my battery. And so I really can't afford to not feel well in the morning after eating. And that doesn't mean that I don't ever wanna like go on vacation and have some drinks and throw down and have some fun. But I think for so many people, they struggle to make these changes because FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. If you've ever been sober at a party, it can be very overstimulating very quickly. I've experienced this, you know, a few times in the past few weeks and that's fine. It doesn't bother me. Um, I also know how I act when I'm intoxicated. I'm the dancer. Let's have fun. Let's keep the night going and stuff like that. So I'm personally one who would be creating that overstimulation for others. Um, And then it's like, man, I don't want to do that or look like that or, you know, act that way or say those things because you definitely get like loose lips for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, because losing inhibitions and whatever. And so you just find what works for you and just embrace it and own it. And we were titling this like embrace being an outcast. Like it's a bad thing. Like it actually can be a good thing because to me, when I look at the people who are successful, they're the top 2%, and that's where I want to be. Yep. I don't want to be part of the 98%. And that's not to say that there's shame on those people, right? Like, there are many people that we have that are very successful and, you know, don't drink and all of these things. It's just when you look at the people around you, right? I want to be in the top two. I want to be somebody who is productive, who's always learning and evolving and pressing forward. And then you just essentially, like, kind of get sick of it. Like Andy Frisella talks about all the time. He used to go up to the town bar, right? Drink beers all day. But then that would impact his week because there is a mental cognition um, impact here in terms of just how you think. You don't think as clearly. You're just not as sharp. And if you have kids, it makes it even worse because Mm -hmm. then you got to take care of them and it's not even really enjoyable. Or you're like, oh my God, just... Give me another one. Slam it down real fast because the kids are driving me nuts. I gotta have don't another you, one. To no amount,
1: them. no amount of fun is worth being hungover with small children. No. I do not care what you did, Vegas. Don't care. Like <laughs> no amount of fun because it is the most miserable feeling in the world. I've been there a couple of times, not many because I can't. I can't do it. But yes, I. I don't I, think we would survive in Vegas. Uh, Nick said he'll never bring me back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. I don't do well with Vegas. I Vegas is – you got to be a long hauler with yeah. Vegas. I am a firecracker. I have really a lot of fun for about an hour, and then I need to go to bed. and Or I will fall asleep in public places. And so – and it's just – you can't bring me. So. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of alcohol, right? Like, let's just think
0: about, you know, you're feeling really good, and you go – and you indulge and you think like it's going to be worth it. I guarantee if you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about when mm-hmm. I'm going to say it really wasn't worth it. No. you you walk away and you're like, man, it didn't really taste that good. Or no. like it was disappointing. Right. I remember, um, You know, when we went out for date night, right? Yeah. It's like an expensive dinner. It was okay, but like,
1: it wasn't really worth it. The margaritas weren't that great. No, I had like a buzz for maybe five minutes and then it went away. Like, it's just, and it's not worth it. And I have one thing that I have paid a lot of attention to across the past decade is how my mood associates with how I feel physically. I am such a happier, more stable, more interesting, just pleasant person to be around for my spouse, for my family, for my friends, for myself, when I feel good. And that is why I chase feeling good. Like That is why one of my main goals in life, other than to obviously have a wonderful family and an amazing career, is to feel good physically. Because I know my productivity, my effectiveness as a mother, my you know, relationship with my spouse, all of those things improve when I'm happy. And I am not happy when I do not feel good physically. There is a direct correlation. And men may not understand this as much. I don't think that a lot of, like, at least my husband is like, I don't understand. Like, if I feel a little bloated, I just go to the bathroom and then I feel fine again. That's not the same with women. I'm sorry. It's just not. And so I notice a very direct relationship between how I feel if I'm bloated, if I'm tired, if I'm, you know, feeling fluffy because I ate something that weekend or drank when I didn't, you know, intend to or whatever it might be. I just, it's not worth it. It's never worth it. And I used to tell myself that it was worth it. I used to c- try to justify. I would basically convince myself to drink. I was like, oh, but you worked so hard this week and you know, you you ate so well and you worked out really hard and all of these things. And I would basically talk myself into drinking. Yeah. Or you put yourself through so much misery during the
0: week that you're living for. Yep. I remember living for the cheat day. It's oh, a yeah. free
1: day. Yeah. Just eat oh, whatever God, you want. Oh my God, the damage that was done. Eat whatever you want, right? And then I would have awful, you know, constipation or digestion. I would have – my hangovers are next level. They are not enjoyable. Like they last all day long and they worsen as the day goes on. It's just like there's, there's nothing good in it for me. But regardless, I am just happier when I feel good. And so that alone has allowed me to have the confidence to stand up to the people that want to make comments that want to do other things or try to influence me to do other things because you guys misery loves company no one likes to feel like they're doing something shameful and it's not that i intend to make anyone feel shameful with my habits and i think that's why people get so upset with it is mm-hmm. because they're like oh you're better than us yeah you don't you know you don't drink oh you have to bring your own food you can't eat our food and it's it, it is a it is a them problem it is not a you problem
0: Yeah, I think in situations, you know, where you're going, like I just do the best that I can with what's available. So like I'll you know, right now, just with the cleanse process, um, it hasn't been a hundred percent perfect. Like we had a friend's party, they live across the street, whatever. So like I ate before, you know, I went, um, and I knew what the menu was and what she was having. And then I just picked off of the things that I could have. I had, um, like she made, Oh, I love Italian beef. She made Italian beefs. And I just put like pickles and jardinere and whatever. And like, I had all my other like clean carbs at home. Cause everything else was just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a ballpark theme, yeah. uh, party and that's, not their problem. They don't need to cater to me by any means. So, you know, I just make the best of what I can um when I'm there. And then I just brought like the CBD elixir, um, some sparkling water. And really nobody even ask mm-hmm. questions, I think, anymore, which is nice because again, kind of we've created that stigma. They know us, you know, they know what mm-hmm. we do. And if I do choose to drink, they know that because then they're like, Yay, you got your drinking pants on. <laughs> um, and you know, laugh at me and stuff. But I think it's just one of those things where you just have to decide what feels right for you in this season and just go in with confidence, knowing that you can make it through this challenge. That's the biggest thing I think um, I took away from 75 hard is every temptation you looked at as a challenge. Can I pass this test? Right. Um, With yourself. Yeah. And that's where you build the mental grit And again, even if it's just like you're tracking your food or you made a commitment not to drink or whatever, I think it's important to tell people who support you. You don't need to tell people who want this full on explanation and ask you, well, why and nag you about it and maybe potentially like make fun of you or put you down. But maybe it's your best friend or your spouse or your sister who's going to be there. And you say like, Hey, Just help me uh hold me accountable. Like I made a decision I'm not gonna drink or text a friend, right? Like I text Becca a few weeks ago. We were on um a boat for Father's Day, and I was like, I'm the only person not drinking. It was just very overstimulating. Mm -hmm. Um and we had like obviously like toddlers and kids, and so nobody was getting wild by any means. I didn't really miss out though, because it was like, what were those two or three drinks on the boat ride really going to bring more joy or better my experience? They weren't gonna do anything Mm -hmm. for me. I had my rise, I had my CBD elixir, I was you know, just as content and happy as I would have been with alcohol. Um, and so for some people, it might take you some time to get to that place, but you start by passing the test. You start by going in, setting a goal and accomplishing it. And again, if you need support, you need to text somebody, you need an accountability buddy. Don't feel shameful about that. Mm You know, That's what you have friends and supportive friends, hopefully, for in your life. And if not, maybe it's your practitioner. Maybe it's a coach that you're working with. Um, maybe you remove yourself for a period of time if the situations are way too tempting. Or very simply, you just be like, hey, I just like don't feel like it's tonight." You don't have to give any explanation and just offer to DD or to bring an appetizer or make a dish or whatever that looks like. And then you can kind of manage it the way that you want without even having to essentially explain yourself. So we just thought we would do that today because I think so many people are working so hard and they're trying so hard and you kind of feel that you make two steps forward and then you take, you know, one step back um or you just, you know, never get past this point because you feel like there's self-sabotage that occurs in your environment because of the people that you surround yourself with or all of the temptations and at some point in time you're going to have to make a massive change and a massive decision to end friendships or relationships if needed to remove things from your house if needed we've even had clients who obviously we can't remove everything from our house but i'll say like put it out of sight out of mind make a cupboard for yourself if it's the kids snacks that are really triggering you like marcus has his own cupboard Mm -hmm. not that i'm like triggered
1: by his snacks he's got some good dang he's got some good snacks carson's been on a peanut butter and jelly kick lately and he like wants it almost every night for dinner I freaking love peanut butter and jelly. So good. It's one of my favorite foods. So good. And so, and like the kids like Uncrustables and so like I'll grab those for traveling and stuff and yeah. it's just been hard lately.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, make, make a cabinet for them if you need to. Like there's all kinds of strategies that you could do. Like again, if it's alcohol, like outside people, you know, don't keep it in the house so then you have to go buy it. Mm-hmm. Or if it is in your house, like put it in a basement and like in a place that's kind of hard to get to so that you have to, the, the whole point of this is multiple steps. You want to put barriers up. You want to make it harder for yourself to get the ice cream or to get the wine or whatever it might be. So then as you're doing it, you can kind of talk yourself through like, wait a second, let's let let's reel it in. If I take this action, am I going to regret it? Is it taking me, the filter I always say, is it taking me one step further towards my goal or is it taking me away from my goal? Because nothing that we do is neutral. No choices that we make for what we're choosing to put into our body, sleep even, right? Like, is it taking me to a more restful state, a happier human being, or is it causing to me to be sleep deprived? That trickle effect and that domino effect is, you know, not what we want. So just use that filter and think about, is this going to help me reach my goal or is it going to delay me
1: accomplishing the goal?